It's the JCPenney Mother's Day Sale. Shop now and save on gifts mom will love. Brighten her day with jewelry up to 70% off with coupon. Find something special at our store-wide Liz event with savings up to 40% off. Plus extended store hours Friday and Saturday. This Mother's Day, make her day truly monumental. Shopping is back. JCPenney. Offers valid on select items through 5-8. Liz event offer good through 5-16. Some exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. In the Know, the Bourbon Street Shots Podcast. We're your hosts, Shemit Duop and Mason Ginsberg, and this is all Pelicans all the time. Welcome to In the Know. We are here to discuss all of these things that are leading up to the trade deadline and more because the Pelicans are playing decent basketball. Mason, how have you been? Good. I was just thinking we should, why don't we just re- rebrand In the Know to the Herb Jones Appreciation Podcast? Is there is there a trademark on that yet? Um, No. I don't, I mean, that can't be right. I mean, it seems like everyone's so obsessed with not on Herb that nothing else can possibly take in yet. So we should just, we should just go for it. Let's contact Blue Wire and let them know we're applying for a name change. Not on Herb. Wait, that can't be a podcast. What's a, what's a podcast pun? You're the pun master. <laughs> um, I, I'm not off the cuff though. No, Herb's the is- word. <laughs> i respect that that's that's solid <laughs> okay um anywho's herbert jones he's been fantastic i think we could probably spend 45 minutes to two hours at least talking about how fantastic he's been but there's some breaking news we got to cover and i don't know if there's anyone on the twitter space that's really talked about this i'm surprised because it has major ramifications Didi lozada he's hurt He's out. Got a meniscus injury. He just got unsuspended, and now he's hurt. What's the team going to do without him? You know, in, until they uncovered the gem that is Jose Alvarado, I wasn't sure, but now it looks like they, they're uh, they're in good shape, and they only have to play uh, even Sadoransky when in the NBA decides to uh, screw them over and send them to Philadelphia uh, less than 24 hours after uh, – after after a game at home so um you know hopefully hopefully not not too impactful but yeah i I, that was news to me too when uh the the team basically said oh he's back on the active roster oh yeah but except he's not actually active (laughs) bro um santa ransky had everybody out like the entire starting line was not playing this was his time to shine this was his time to shine how many points did he score mason he only played like 10 minutes, right? How many points did he score, Mason? <laughs> Two. 
Was it two? I thought it was zero. I, might, I mean, maybe. I he went over. <laughs> this was his time to shine. And they played a good game, too. They, I mean, they scored points, uh, which is which surprising given the guys they had out there. Man, I have no idea what's up with Tanaransky this year. I mean, even Billy Hernan Gomez, man. Shouts to him. He got his uh, had a big night. And Nikhil obviously went full Kobe, and he did his thing. Like, he usually does when everybody's out. He, like, turns into this player that is unguardable when there's literally, like, I guess, no other good Pelican player playing. And he knows he's going to get all the shots. And I guess maybe he feeds off of that. But somehow that just doesn't apply when – you know, all the good players are playing. Yeah, it's strange. You would think the opposite, right? You think that if he can use other guys uh, as like distractions and have, you know, the, the fourth best defender on the floor guarding him, that that would be the point where he can go off. And instead it's, it's when te- it's when teams can key in on a guy like him, which they wouldn't otherwise. And of course he picks those games to go off. It's, I, I, I can't explain it. doesn't make any sense. Uh, and it's, right. it's just like it doesn't matter who guards him because he is his own He's going to take defender. the shots he wants. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to, you know, it's going to be a 360 no-scope step back. <laughs> or, you know, there now it's, you know, the, the emphasis, the buzzword is downhill keel. And good for him because I, I do think he's better off when he's trying to get into the paint. I think better things happen. This is a good offensive rebounding team. So if he misses, somebody might clean it up. And then if he doesn't, maybe he gets the layup or he's able to make something happen. But two, he takes heat checks off of like literally like he'll he will throw a pass at Devontae Graham and it'll be a good pass. And Devontae Graham will cash it in. And, you know, at that point, Graham is like three of his, his, his last four shots. And then the kill will come right down and be like, I got the assist. I'm on fire, baby. <laughs> Pull up. It's a, the only guy who got who'll heat check himself off of a pass. It's exactly what he's doing. <laughs> Crazy, man. Crazy. Oh. Yeah. And so good you're for right. Nikhil. Sat- Sadoransky scored zero points and he played way more than 10 minutes. He played 19 minutes. <laughs> you see? But, time but to shine. five assists, no turnovers. <laughs> so there's that at least. Those shots are turnovers, dude. Wait, what? Those The shots he takes, the, the turnovers. turnovers. Okay, fair. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I would. So uh, on the keel, I, I would be curious what his drive to turnover ratio is this season so forget the assist turnover but just like i because especially i was kind of saying this to start the season before we knew about how long zion was going to be out for but when you look at a front court like zion or and Jonas or even just Jonas, along with someone like josh hart like you have chances to create offensive rebounds off of missed shots if you can just get there and put up a reasonable shot and so i almost don't i'm not as i don't care as much about what is assist total is as much as like, is he driving and getting into the paint? Um, I, and I feel like when he does that, regardless of whether or not it's an assist come good things happen. Yeah. I mean, let me, let me, let me figure this out. Um, you know, he's got for the season 386 drives and off of that, he only has 18 turnovers with a turnover percentage of 4.1, 4.7%. That's really good. It sounds, I mean, it sounds good. I, I can't That's really that. good. Yeah. I mean, that, that turnover percentage is like best on the team for amongst people who like handled the ball. That's really good. Yeah. No. Yeah. Which... His turnovers are his dumb shots. And then the, the, <laughs> there are other turnovers he, he has when he just like, 
I don't know, man. I, don't, I can't even begin to describe what is possibly going on in his head with some of the decisions he makes. But the the coaches, the the people who are talking uh, and writing about this, well, Guillory had an article um, you guys should read in, you know, about Nikhil kind of like seeing the pictures now. But when he goes downhill, the game is simpler for him. And I guess he's not turning it over. He's not terribly efficient. You know, when he's going downhill, he's uh, field goal percentage is 44%. But it's fine. Yeah, better get than there, create than create the, offensive rebound opportunities. And yeah, I mean, you just, yeah, yeah. Anyways, enough about Nikhil. This team is, and everybody else are approaching the tape the the trade deadline. And as we approach the trade deadline, a bunch of rumors start popping up. A lot of juicy gossip being shared among the league executives and media and all of that. Fans' best time, right? And the Pelicans have been involved in, in quite a few. So I wanted to get your thoughts on on some of the things that have um, been brought up. And I guess we can start right off the bat with Jake Fisher's piece on Bleacher Report that basically indicates that the thing he keeps hearing from around the league is New Orleans is a destination for C.J. McCollum. Um and, you know, he goes on to talk about what that trade might look like on, on both sides, what they would prefer. Um, and, and yeah, just kind of like what the Pelicans' plans are. So what do you think about CJ? I feel like we've talked about CJ a lot on this podcast, especially over the summer when I was on like, God, let's just go all offense, get Buddy, get CJ, <laughs> yep. get everybody, you know. Um, so I've been on the CJ train for a long time, but just mm-hmm. curious to to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I – I, I love CJ the player. Uh, I think he fits this team really nicely. Um, I, I think I think the only point where I, I get a little nervous is the the combination of his injury history with the contract, and then not. But not, even that, I'm still trading for him because he's he's a damn good player, borderline all borderline all star, and you just need those types of dudes, especially in a market like New Orleans. If you can get them, you can get them to buy in. Go get them. But I mean, his not his contract is not cheap. And I think that's something that needs to be factored into any potential offer for him. So um, that that's the only concern is, is, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to sell the farm for uh, a guy who I think is, it's not a bargain contract. It's just a, I think it's a, it's a contract that is fair under the assumption he's, you know, he's, he's healthy. Um, and, and so it, it's, that, that's, that's the only nervousness I have, but I'm, I'm, if we can go get him, I mean, that that's, that's a lot of firepower on the offense whenever the hell Zion comes back. And that's something you can do a lot with. Yeah. I mean, so you raised good points about his contract, his relative health, which um, this season and last season haven't been fantastic, but um, he's had some weird injuries, right? Like a collapsed lung. That's a, a really weird injury. Um, I think he's had some, some hand stuff. He's just had, you know, things all over his, his body. And obviously when he was, younger he had that the foot issues but prior to that you know he had a stretch of um playing so from 2015 uh in 2015 2016 to 2019 2020 he played 80 games 80 games 81 games 70 games 70 games that's pretty good um yeah and even if he was only hitting 70 uh, a year i think would be appropriate i think that'd be fine and and so you know i think that's i think one of those years was a, a lock not the lock the the shortened year. I don't know. Did we get to 70 games that year? 2019, 2020. That wasn't the shortened year, right? It was 2020, uh, 2021. 
No, it was 2019-2020 was a yeah. shortened year. Yeah, he hit 70 games that year. So, so yeah, he's played, you know, virtually all the games for a stretch of five, uh, yeah, five years. And then it was the last two years he'd been kind of injured. And so I don't know if there's a lot of, you know, predictable um, power or predictive power, sorry, uh, behind his injuries. Be like, oh, he's going to get hurt more frequently. There's just, I think, kind of a thing that happens. But that's also the reason you invested in Aaron Nelson, right? So you can kind of bring these guys in that may have some, some injury issues and you can prolong them and extract more value out of what they're going to give you on the court, right? What, what, what other reason do you, do you invest in guys like Aaron Nelson? If you think that is an asset in your organization, then you need to, to make use of it, in my opinion. Um, but the other thing is, I think. Was that a message think, to Zion too, or what? <laughs> Zion wants to participate in, <laughs> in things that Aaron Nelson lays out, then sure. <laughs> but um you know, the Zion's doing his own thing apparently in Nike and which I don't know if we talked about that or not, but he's doing his own thing up in Nike. He's got his own personal trainer who was apparently uh, has had a questionable history. I'll let y'all look into that. Um, and then, yeah, who knows what he's doing up there. He's supposedly in shape. He posted a social media thing. I'm optimistic that he's getting in better shape there, but again with him it's impossible to tell the scan results are supposed to be happening soon maybe by the time we drop this podcast maybe you know next week i don't know um but the, we're, we're right on that cusp of that four to six week window that they announced um but kind of going back to to cj i think what is sort of interesting about this discussion is the pieces that it would take to get him and so it's difficult to reach his salary slot without including people who have been a core part of the rotation. And so Santa Ransky is almost assured they're going to be in there as an expiring, but you're going to need one of Devonte Graham, Josh Hart, or Jonas Valanciunas to kind of make up the difference. Um, and I think the, in, in today's article, Jake Fisher suggested that Portland might want Jonas and Hart, uh, whereas the Pelicans would want something like Hart, Sanaransky, and you know Jackson Hayes going out, um, and so some combination of the players that I mentioned would probably need to be making up the trade. And I think a lot of Pelicans fans bought at the idea of putting Jonas and Hart in a deal together, and I think that makes absolute like sense. Like I don't think the Pelicans have any interest in including Jonas in that deal. Um, you know, I the everything that I've heard from the Pelicans is that. Uh, they very much like Jonas. I mean, Jonas just bought a house here for $1.3 million. They just extended him. I I understand that they would put him on the table if like, like a real star uh, became available, but um, not for CJ McCollum, right? You know, if it was someone like, uh, you know, like a top 15 player, sure. You know, at, at that point, like almost all of your roster is available, but you know, I, I like if Damian Lillard was available, it'd be a different story. But for CJ McCollum, no. So I think it would probably have to be Hart. Um, I think Hart makes sense for Portland in terms of what they can do from a flexibility standpoint uh, with this contract. And, you know, if they want to keep him around for defense and just give him a different type of identity uh, than, than what CJ brought for them. And then the Sadoransky expiring contract, probably Jackson Hayes in there, I think. And then some sort of pick compensation. So I want to ask you, 
are you okay with that general con construct? And then where, like, where do you draw the line in terms of the pick compensation? Yeah. Um, so I think, I, I think that makes sense. And I agree with you on Josh Hart. I think, I think he makes more sense to include in a deal like this than, than Devante. I think just based on roles, if you think about the, the peak version of that team and, 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 you know, obviously can't assume that Pelicans would be done with just this one move, but if, if that were the case, I mean, I think Graham makes a ton of sense as a six man and a guy you can, you can pair with certain high volume Pelicans starters in, in bench units. Um, because I think, I think you've talked about this, uh, but Devontae Graham being like the number one option in a second unit doesn't strike me as a, the best of ideas. So as long as you're pairing him with the right combos on the bench, I, I think uh, on bench units, I think that, you know, you're, you're in good shape. I think Hart is one who I don't think he can get the type of role that he's played on the Pelicans so far and done admirably with um, on a team with Zion, BI and, and CJ. I just don't see it. Um, and so I think, just valuation wise. And, and I think way you optimize Josh Hart in every way is to include him in a deal like this. Um, the, the, the challenge for me, certainly, like you said, comes with what, what sort of draft pick, um, you know, additional picture sending over. And I'm, I would be very hesitant to send more than one pick that's lightly or unprotected. Um, I could, I could stomach one after that, if you're adding other draft picks to the offer, I, they better be fairly heavily protected. And, and, and that's kind of, that's where I'm at, I think. So what if it's this year's pick top three protected? I know part of it's going to Charlotte, but, you know, if the Pelicans don't make the playoffs and then you could do like a conditional. Um, I mean, you could even protect it like you did with the Charlotte pick. If you don't get it, you get two seconds. Um, or, you know, one of the future Milwaukee or Lakers picks. And, and like as both as unprotected or so what's the structure on that? Um, I mean, sure. That's, that's tough for me. Um, what's the first pick? Uh, the first Milwaukee pick coming to New Orleans is 25. I think it was 24. No, 25. I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I just, I, I really would. I would start to struggle with the, with a second unprotected pick um, just because I, I do think Hart has what real. If, yep. But what if it got you Larry Nance into the exception? That's more palatable. I, I like Nance. I mean, Nance has had some injury problems of his own this year and I feel like he's been every year. <laughs> yeah. It's fair. Fair. Um, he's been, I, I remember looking opening night, like he's been, on underutilized compared to what I thought was going to happen with this team, with the Blazers team. I thought he fit really nicely and, and they gave up, a, they gave up a decent amount for him to, to all to play him like 20 minutes a night. So um, I, I think, I think that'd be a, a great move to get him to um, much rather him than Covington. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, it depends. It would depend on which pick you're sending over. That's unprotected. I, I it would have to be, if it's further out, I would not want it to be one of New Orleans picks. It's got to be like a, it it would have to be probably Milwaukee one. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I think we're probably on the ballpark, right? Like we're in the, I don't know if this is comfortable or not. I think when push cuffs to shove, I would include that pick. I just, you know, I'm, I, I want good guard play on this team. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, whatever, just get it done. 
uh, I find interesting is kind of this visceral reaction from uh, a small but vocal portion of Pell's fans that is like, oh my God, Josh Hardy is untradeable. Uh, you cannot, you know, you'll ruin the culture. You're, you'll send the wrong message to the team. And um, someone's, there's multiple people that says Hart is better than CJ. Straight up. Unbelievable. <laughs> that's that's ridiculous, man. <laughs> I, 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 the, I understand, so I don't agree with it but I understand people who are more emotionally attached to him and, and, and the type of person he is and, and what it feels like he, the impact he has on and off the floor for this Pelicans team. But give me a break, man. You cannot, you cannot. Hey, you cut out there. I'm not sure what happened there, but you said, give me a break. And then who's just, who just started his second, his, who, who just started his second contract. Like, I don't know. I, I, I think that some people might be surprised to know that Josh Hart is about to turn 27 years old just because of the, where he is with his contract and just getting a second one, you know? Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper too by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper, it's the only app where I can join my buddy's contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game and have fun with your friends and most importantly, make some money. Make sure you use that promo code BLUEWIRE and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper, then use promo code BLUEWIRE when you deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I think the point you bring up about what what Josh Hart gives you when you when you have Zion back um, and the redundancies that creates is is a really good one and I just think that people don't understand how good CJ McCollum is <laughs> I think it's simple as that I mean this guy has been amongst the leaderboards in in threes made uh, for years this guy's one of the best pull up shooters in the league this period and so he just would probably be the best shot-making guard the Pelicans have ever had in their franchise history. And 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 the other, I guess, I guess the other guy would be Chris Paul. But I think when he was a New Orleans Hornet, he was less of a shot maker, more of a um, he was like an unbelievable force getting to the rim and. Um, you know, he wasn't much of a high volume three point shooter. He's more than, and he still is, you know, a good mid range shooter. Um, but his his jump shirt jumper improved a lot more uh, outside of New Orleans and in and in his later career. I mean, early career Chris Paul was just a menace in the paint, though. Right? Yeah, I mean that's an interesting point about just pure shot making, and I think, yeah, I have a hard time coming up with a better uh, a better answer. And and then not only that he'd be what like the third best guard that that this this franchise has ever had. Yep. Yep. 
behind yeah. Drew and and CP. It, and one, I wanted to add one 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 more thing about about this and the potential heart inclusion. Um, as and, and so I think the one thing people jump to is hard Josh Hart's rebounding. Um, so I just looked up on cleaning the glass. So if with minutes with Herb at the four and Jonas the five and Josh Hart off the floor, what percentile do you think they are defensive rebounding? Uh, given the context of this conversation, I'm going to guess something ridiculously high, like 90 percentile, 91st percentile. Yes, that's really good. Um, yeah, and so uh, it's it's 600 possessions, so it's not a ton, but I, I think just I mean, I and so point being, like, you're 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 adding Zion to that too. So we're not saying her is as as the only other big man alongside Jonas, and, we, and Zion's not great defensive rebounding wise. He's pretty bad actually, but. Herb Jonas is, I cannot see that lineup with Zion being worse than just, you know, lineups with Herb Jones at, at the four. Well, so, Ingram is a, is a good rebounder for position yep. two. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, especially if you're saying BI is your two. Um, yeah. I think the, you've got the, a lot of the question there. to me becomes is while we wait for Zion, who starts and is it Garrett Temple? <laughs> God, man! I thought maybe that, we'd go a full podcast about his name being mentioned. Is the most terrifying proposition about losing Josh Hart. It is not what Josh Hart gives you. It is who is going to take his minutes, and is it Garrett Temple? Because if it's literally anybody else than Garrett Temple, we're okay. You know, like I'm not, I'm not terrified. But if it's Garrett Temple, oh boy! Literally play Jackson Hayes at the four with with Jonas before that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's what they did to close that Philly game. And they, they, they said Temple. I liked it. I thought it was good. Um, yeah. Anyways. Point, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel like after last year and what, what happened, the, no, the noise that came out around, even with Gentry, like, I feel like, and I have no sources on this. You would know better than me probably. But, uh, but I, I wonder if Chris made a conscious effort not to meddle. But, like, at what point do you have to meddle if Garrett Temple keeps playing? I don't know. It's, but the thing is, like, I don't think if if Griff isn't meddling right now, I don't think he can because just of how good of a job Willie Green has done yep. and, and how yep. much people respect him. And so, yep. like, whatever's, whatever they're doing, if it's meddling, if it's not meddling, it's working in terms of the culture. So yep. let's, you know, I'm not going to fix what ain't broke on, on that res- uh, respect. Um, but, you know, what I will say is that if Hart is included in the deal, that does not mean the Pelicans are done dealing, right? So like Nance, we brought up as a possibility, we briefly talked about Robert Covington who could absorb some of those minutes. Um, I think there's other guys, right? So I think, uh, was it Hoops Hype mentioned that the Pelicans have asked about uh, Dorian Finney-Smith that, you know, I think he is uh, a good wing player. He'd certainly be an upgrade from Hart in terms of shooting, um, you know, downgraded in, in playmaking and rebounding, but the defense is probably a wash. Maybe I think Finney Smith might be a little bit better on defense. Um, the Mavs have been really good on defense this year. I think Finney Smith at the wing has been a good part of it. Um, you know, he he would be a good fit. Justin Holiday is available for a couple second round picks. He'd be a good fit. Um, you know, I'm not the biggest Morris Twins uh, brothers fans, but Marcus Morris is uh, someone that gets brought up as a trade possibility from the Los Angeles Clippers who fits into the exception again, not someone that plays similarly to heart, but someone to absorb uh, a lot of those uh, three, four, three, four, five minutes 
See, I, I would that, that that's that surprises me with the Clippers too. And I don't mean to spend a ton of time on this, but I feel like what the Clippers should be doing is bring get, have, getting people who have contracts that extend beyond this year because this year is a wash. But you don't have your pick anyway because Oklahoma City's got it. So like it's like why I. I, I guess, you know, he's, they think he's not worth the money and they got a huge tax bill, but also Steve Ballmer, you know, so that, that like, I would, I, I would expect them to be more interested in, in trading like a guy like Serge Ibaka if they don't want to give him a new contract, you know? Okay. I would take Ibaka on this team, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ibaka I mean, I would too. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, you could, you could start Ibaka uh, if you wanted to. I mean, he, he stretches the floor, you know, it'd be an enormous lineup and, and until Zion comes back. Right. So it'd be like CJ, B.I., Herbert, Ibaka, and Jonas. Great. Um, Would you bring yeah. Millsap home? <laughs> sure. Millsap yeah, is a guy that can take those minutes. They're trying yeah. to get rid of him. Yeah. yeah. I, I, mean, I, I would throw a second at Paul Millsap for sure. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, who was uh, – I, I talked about Justin Holiday, right? Um, yeah, I mean, look, I think you could even ask about what it would take to get Jashon Tate from the Rockets. I would ask about Lou Dort. Okay, so he's open to business as long as you give him picks. Kenny Hustle. Yeah, dude, if they get a first-round pick for Kenrich Hustle, that Steven Adams trade's <laughs> got to go down as, like, the worst trade of all time. <laughs> I mean, come on. If they get a first round, even if it's, like, the 29th pick, if it's the Suns throwing a first-round pick uh, at, at you know, the, the, the Thunder and they get what, one for Kenrich, that would be the- absurd. Wouldn't have been wouldn't be the first time the Pelicans end up getting unexpectedly screwed because they got a match salary like like with back with Robin Lopez and the Tyreek Evans deal. <laughs> they didn't have to. They didn't have to include Lopez in that deal. Dell chose to. I vividly I remember this. That the money did not. They did not need to include Lopez in the deal. If the concern was, oh, they're gonna you know get brush up right against the hard cap, they weren't. They they didn't have to do it. They chose to. I got to research this because that's not how I remember it. I vividly remember this. They did not have to include Lopez. That was the sell. They were like, oh, we have to include Lopez, blah, 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 blah. You know, that was the bullshit reasoning they gave. But if you looked at the cap, they didn't have to do it. Hmm. Anyways. Anyway. Well, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, but Ken, Kenny hustled. <laughs> Golly. Yeah. But, you know, I think, I think there are players who are available who would kind of absorb those minutes now do they give you everything that you know Hart was giving you in terms of his passion and energy no but cj mccullum ain't no um shit i had a term for this anyways cj mccullum is a considered a good leader and respected uh amongst his peers i mean he's the president of the nba players association for a reason right and so this guy isn't someone that just comes quietly onto the team and, and, and just, you know, is happy to be there. This guy is, is campaigned uh, for Portland publicly, like vocally, like he has his own podcast. And so if that's someone that buys into this Willie green thing, cause he has um, a long contract and is just going to be here for a while, he would be a loud advocate for the city. And I think it, it hasn't helped Portland directly in any tan- tangible way uh, that we know of. But if, even if it convinces like one edge case player, you know, they haven't been able to get any stars, but if it cl- includes, you know, like some players that you trade for that are happy to be here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that changes things. You may not, we still may not be able to change free agency, but you can change the outlook of players when they get here via trade. And, and so I, you know, I, I think, 
people when they get attached to players they pl- uh, they assign them value for the tangibles that is undue just because you know they're attached to those players yeah i mean and, and a lot of the same people are praising willie green for for doing the same thing so like you've got to like you you can you can attribute change to multiple people at the same time you're not going to lose all that by losing one person right i mean <laughs> there it's it's well the thing is like what did did josh hart just become a magical leader in one season where was his last year right Right. and so clearly everyone's listened to his podcast about you know what like if he can be impacted that heavily and his leadership style because of that because of the head coach and 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 how miserable he was like josh was dming random instagram fans in february of last year trying to get on the knicks that's news that's not news. We talked about this. The screenshots about this. Anyways, <laughs> Josh Hart was not shy at all about not wanting to be here all of last year. And so I think just this, you know, I think players are fickle just like the rest of us. And so, yeah, I, you know, I think enough about Josh Hart here. The last thing I wanted to say about the CJ stuff um, is that a lot of you guys were willing to give a 35-year-old Kyle Lowry a hundred plus million dollars, 115. And CJ McCollum is significantly younger than Kyle Lowry. Um, does he have the same amount left on his contract? I think he has less than what, what the Pelicans were prepared to pay on his contract left. Uh, his game is not predicated upon athleticism. It's all craft, it's all jump shooting. And, you know, he's not a true point guard, but still a damn good player. So I think I just find it the people bringing up contract issues uh, a little bit hypocritical if they were on board giving Lowry that kind of money. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 and I, I think that we've become so conditioned to say that the, the missing piece is like that floor general type point guard, um, which I think early in the season, certainly that showed up. And I think on and off throughout the year, I, I, I think the the new starting lineup has done better, um, but certainly they've been missing that guy off the bench as, as well as the season's going on. Um, but I think, I, I think you, when you get enough guys who are versatile offensive threats, you don't need a Chris Paul, like obviously like a Chris Paul or a Kyle Lowry or they're going to help your team, but there's only so many of those guys and you shouldn't bend your bend over backwards to go get one of those few guys when there are other alternative routes to, to make yourself a good, a damn good offensive team. And I don't think anyone would argue that a team with Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson and CJ McCollum would, is, is not going to be. The team uh, with just, point Zion was the number one offense in the yeah. league for two months straight. Right. And yeah. they finished, they finished above average on offense. Um, yeah. The, the, your point guard is going to be Zion. <laughs> it is what it's, it is what it is. I mean, Zion may not be able to make the, the read Chris Paul can, um, you know, hopefully he can grow in that area. He'll he'll never be Chris Paul, but the, the idea is that he doesn't have to be because he can do things Chris Paul can. And so if you're trying to get a good shot, 99% of the time, if Zion's doing something that's offensively related, you're getting a good shot, whether it's him scoring, whether it's him getting a putback or whether it's him just creating for others. And so who can play off of that? CJ McCollum can. Yeah, and, and the Pelicans are going to have guys that um, you know can can push the tempo. If we get a rebound, Bi can push it up. 
Um, CJ can can push it up if he's if he's here. Zion can push it up. I mean, even even Herb, Herb has shown the ability to do it. Yeah. So I think I mean, Herb, as you know, he's a rookie. He doesn't want to. He's growing more confident offensively, right? He's 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 taking shots that he wasn't taking earlier on the season because he just didn't know if he should or not. But yeah. he, I think he'll happily absorb some of those roles. Yeah. And then, and then you've got your secret three point weapon, Jonas Valanciunas trailing on that as well. And just kind of moseying, moseying his way up the floor after a defensive rebound or a stop. And then uh, you're so worried about CJ or, or BI or Zion. And then he sits at the top of the key and just makes it rain from three. That's, that's your, that's your new offensive wrinkle as well that you didn't have last year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think, yeah, that's, that's a lot of positives on CJ. I think we're both in agreement. Um, yeah, get it done, Pelicans. I th- the other the other guard that's been linked frequently to the Pelicans is De'Aaron Fox, and I don't want to say linked really as much as like me shouting into Twitter uh, that the, the Kings should <laughs> trade into the Pelicans. Um, so there's your link for you. But it, it seems like the Kings really aren't. Uh, he linked on, himself on Twitter with that yeah, uh, with that did. tweet about the Saints player, the Eli Apple thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Right. And so I think I would absolutely love to have Darren Fox on this team. I would send all of the picks to go get him. I think that's the type of player you get and you figure out the fit with Zion later. And, you know, it's it's someone that's only one year older than Herb Jones. So if you think Herb can improve as a shooter, then let's see what Darren can do with, with Fred. But it seems like the Kings are hell bent on being the Kings. Yeah, I'm. I it, obviously he is he gives he is the guy who gives you a skill set the team lacks, but but also how much of what he gives you is lacking with the full squad. Um, I do think that Fox is someone that you know if if shit hits the fan and Zion is trying to still trying to force he's trying to force his way out in a year or two, um, you can still build a fox is a, a guy who you can more easily maybe build a team around him and bi even with, with whatever you get in the zion trade return then then cj um so i mean the appeal is there for multiple and multiple levels but um yeah it seems like he's going to be staying in sacramento um unless they're I, I i don't trust them to be shrewd negotiators so i don't think this is like a bluff on their part i think they're just like they're like we want to keep cj or they we want to keep Darren. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think I think it's easy for us to criticize them and be like, they should trade their best player. They should do it. What are they, what are they waiting for? They're being dumb. But, like, realistically, if we had Fox on our team, we wouldn't be, like, keen on trading Fox. Right? Yeah. I, I think we'd be in that same place. So I, I get it. You know, I just – they're probably going to trade Harrison Barnes and, and Buddy, which is they've been trying to trade for a while. And they're probably thinking similar to what we are thinking. Like they should be aggressive, right? Trade package those two with all the picks and et cetera to get something done. But I don't know what being aggressive looks like for them. And, and it just sucks that neither buddy nor Barnes fit into the Pelican straight exception, because that would be super convenient. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is odd. I mean, on one hand, because unlike the Pelicans who have had this clear upward trajectory and not like, you know, you know, to the moon type of upward trajectory, but they've been playing well, consistently above average over the last couple of months. And that's something you certainly cannot say about the Sacramento Kings, but 
kind of like what you said earlier about uh, the the Pelicans are in, in you can't really like you've got to break the habit of losing um, somehow. You can't make that a, a the norm, and so I think the Kings are at the same point, even though that right now they're not playing but good basketball. So I get it. I get why they would want to trade Fox. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily trust the direction they're trying to go, but um, Fox is their best player and they should probably, you should probably do what you can to keep your, you know, 24 year old best player. Yeah. It's, it's, you're not going to be able to get players like Fox in your market. So you have to do what you can to make it work. That is hundred percent the approach. And, and Monty McNair is a Maury disciple and, as aggressive that does as that can make him, I think he definitely understands the value of having Fox like player. So still wishful thinking. I would love to get Fox on the Pelicans if we can, but I think my focus has turned towards CJ McCollum because that certainly seems more attainable with Anthony Simons playing the way that he has and being a restricted free agent and the Portland uh, being in the tax, although they're only like 3 million in the tax, but that's really easy for him to dodge. However, uh, there's future tax concerns. If you're going to pay Simons and um, the fact that Lillard might be out for the year. And I just think there's just a lot of external factors that make this a more probable deal than, than any other kind of like pie in the sky type of situation we've discussed. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, you brought up the tax for for them, and I think I think that bears at least discussing uh, what the implications for the Pelicans would be because um, there's not really one next year. I think where it comes, where the question is, there is one year where things could get dicey for the Pelicans if you were to go get CJ, and that's and that's twenty three twenty four because you would have in theory Bi making thirty five or so, CJ making thirty five or so, and then Zion in year one of an extension. That gets that's a hundred million dollars wrapped up in three players, and so I don't know what the, the I think the cap projection is around like one twenty five or something like that for um for that year, but it is something to keep in mind. Not that the Pelicans wouldn't be able to maneuver around it if you had to like trade Devonte Graham to to because of concerns with the tax, you could. But but yeah, still. but if, if the cap is like one twenty five, then then the luxury tax is probably like one fifty, one sixty. 150 probably sounds yeah like 155 yeah. like 30 million above it ish yeah. so yeah. i mean yeah I, I i would understand the concerns but i think but 125 when you get when you add Jonas and, and Devante, uh so you're you're at the cap with those five dudes um yeah so yeah i think i think what it what it plays into more is um Nikhil and jackson's extensions if they're not a part yep. of the trade um right. if, if the pelicans are going to retain them i think yeah, I think that's what's going to be the case. And so that's where all these draft picks that the Pelicans have in the future may come in because that gives you cheap labor and that can give you a pipeline for talent. Yeah. Fortunately, you'd be in year three of um, Herb Jones's rookie uh, rookie extension. So no, no worries with him. Yeah, yeah. He'll be there and then, you know, whatever trades up to. Hopefully, if Josh Hart is part of the trade, it means more Trey Murphy minutes. Hopefully. Hopefully. I I heard the thing with with Trey Trey Murphy's minutes is not so much his play. A lot of people are like, ah, it's probably because he's lost. And it's like, no, I don't think it's his play. I think it's, um, you know, he's a very typical rookie in terms of his attitude and approach to the game. And he's learning how to be a professional and the team wants him to earn his keep. That's what it sounds like. And so uh, Garrett Temple is out there earning his keep, right? He's uh, earned it. (laughs) 
<laughs> he has earned those minutes, just like Eric Bledsoe earned them last year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I can see that. I, I mean, I, personality wise, I, I know nothing about Trey Murphy, but I could I can see a guy who came in and kind of started out guns blazing in uh, summer league. Who yeah, everyone was we were raving about. Herb Jones a little bit raving about Trey Murphy and how he was able to, you know, rebound, knock down a bunch of threes. And it's like, oh, this guy's going to be rotation minutes from day one. Should he even start? Was a conversation that was had um, just as floor spacing ability. I said he so like, start. Huh? <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, at the time, it, it seemed like a reasonable. Given at the, the time, the, he looked like a better player than Josh Hart. Yeah. So even throughout um, the preseason. Yeah. This is not more about this is not about like, uh, you know, saying people were wrong about him as much as it is maybe what he thought about himself. And so, um, you know, if he felt like he was, you know, he earned those minutes just because of summer league, maybe he had a reality check coming. And so who knows, but, um, but I can totally understand where, where the team's going from. Yeah. A lot of rookies come in and and they have to learn how to, what it takes to be a professional. Uh, There's still, (laughs) there's Zion Williamson who is still learning how to do that. And not just Zion, you know, Jax, everyone in his draft class are still learning how to do that, including Didi. And, and so these things take time. And um, I, it's really hard for me to second guess Willie in a lot of his decisions. Um, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I just don't understand the Temple stuff, man. I, I don't get it. Like, yeah, I, I know Najee started out awful, but like he – He's not, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I cannot make the, forget Trey Murphy for a second. Like I, I can't make the really good argument that, uh, that Najee shouldn't be getting a crack at those minutes. You know, I don't know. Chris got to save Willie from himself, man. <laughs> Anyways, so, I think yeah. that's enough talk about Garrett Temple and CJ McCollum. Hopefully by the time the Pel- uh, we put this podcast out, the Pelicans have not made a trade. Uh, and date and, and have outdated this podcast but if they have you'll get to see us react to it um yeah. in retrospect and maybe in what's the opposite of retrospect future spec prospect i don't know <laughs> uh any other uh any other teams you're looking at um like i know i know we we've talked a little bit about what the hell's going on in indiana and what their what their thoughts are but um any 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 expectations for what, what's going to happen with them um, I think that Indiana is not going to do jack shit because their owners, um, don't want to tank. He's old and they've never tanked ever, ever, ever. And so if anything, they're probably going to try to, you know, if, if they do end up trading Sabonis, Turner, et cetera, Levert, um, they're not going to try to bottom out. I think it's probably like trying to use Sabonis to get Fox or maybe Pascal Siakam or someone like that. And um, if they trade Levert for some picks, you know, maybe that's, that's something different, but I don't think that they're just a team that's going to bottom out. I think they're just content making the play in playoffs year after year. And yeah, I think they're just going to be on that treadmill for a while till their owner does other things. I didn't want to be morbid to be like till he dies <laughs> to get someone else. No, but yeah, makes sense. Right. Well, yeah, we'll see. Should be a um, well. I don't know. Maybe it'll be an eventful couple of weeks. We'll see. Um, but uh, usually, usually a fun time of year for the for the rumor mill. So yeah, when uh, whenever something of consequence happens, we'll be we'll be back to to yell about it. Yep. 
Thanks for listening, folks. everyone my name is colin kelly and i have one question for you do you love fantasy football and do you want to win in 2021 then be sure to check out rotoviz overtime and all the other rotoviz podcasts with new shows dropping every day on blue wire we've got you covered for all things fantasy football subscribe to rotoviz overtime today